It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Amen. Praise God. Complete healing. Who else? Give a testimony. Rick. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Uh, and you know what? God heals. God is still healing today. You need healing in your body? Begin to expect God to heal your body before you're out the door because his presence is in here. And the, you know, the Bible says when in the presence of the Lord, nothing's impossible. You know what? In the presence of the Lord, there is joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing like it. His presence is in here. It's so heavy. I just sense his presence in here. And you know what? Don't cheat yourself. Feel free to have an encounter with the living one because he's here. He's here. Yes, Manny. Uh, last week we had uh, somewhat of a similar uh, healing service in youth. Yes. Came, um, pretty much the majority of what the service was would come in agreement and pray for healing. Uh, I know Mary and Trinity had a few friends that we better, huh, brother? Yes. All right. Praise God. There's nothing too hard. You know, there's no disease that Jesus can't heal because he bore it all on the cross. The scripture tells in Matthew that himself bore all our sicknesses and diseases. If he took them, then why do we have them? We need to begin to say, Jesus, thank you. I receive healing in my body. I take it. The Bible tells us that when we pray, believe that we receive what we ask for and we'll have it. That's what, that's what it tells us. Read Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. We have what we ask for. We have what we say. We take it. We take it. See, and, and he's already provided. If I, give you, if I come and load you 
load your car up with presents, and you go out there and say, whoa, look what are all these presents. You know, you better open them, and you better take them. The Bible says daily he loads us with blessings. Isn't that amazing? The scripture tells us that. And we said, oh, no, no. Get that fight out of the way. You know what the word charity means? Love. And so many of you turn down God's love because you call it charity. That's pride. There's times I talk to some of, some of the people in my family, and we start talking, and I start going, P-R-I-D-E. Now, I know they hate it, but it's, we've got to get it in our heads and be receivers as well as givers. Amen? Anyone else have something to share before we dive into the word? Yeah. Well, when um, Brother Rick had laid hands on us. Yes. And I was having some bad days of my neck. Something that's been ongoing that they gave me in our house, but I'm not going to go there. And uh, when he laid hands on it, I turned to this and I thought, it didn't hurt. Amen. Before I would be like, oh, okay. And, and then this tried Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. And Pam also had a praise report at a doctor, uh, endocrinologist. He was blown away at the progress that she's made in, in, in the other issues uh, concerning her body. And he said, I don't know what you're doing. Keep doing it, huh? Quick work. Nope. 
Yeah, praise God. And, and see, this is where you got to be led by the Holy Ghost because at this point, it, you know, with the new insurance regulations, you make an appointment with a doctor, it's like way over there. And uh, so she, we just looked at it and she, we decided it's time for her to get off. And so she did and her body felt actually, she started feeling better. And then she went to the doctor and confessed and she goes, well, good luck. Okay, with me, okay. So when you see the endocrinologist, yeah. Amen. So, see, you might say, well, why didn't it come instantly? Because the Bible talks about sometimes you lay hands on the sick, and it says, and you recover. That's how the word means, recover. It's a stretch. Some of it's instantaneous. Some of it is, is recovery. And so, praise the Lord, Pam is recovering, and her neck was healed instantly. And uh, we had other reports of some people being healed and some good things coming to pass. Well, I remember if you were here, we prayed for Patricia, and... She says she still feels the presence of God all over her from that. She just had an encounter with God. And her appointment went all in her favor. And everything went well. So, see, God is working on our behalf. He does. He wants to. But he wants you to invite him in. And he'll lead you. The Bible says that he leads us beside still waters. Sometimes if we're in choppy water, it's because we haven't we've been disobeying. We haven't been led. I remember one time the Holy Ghost spoke inside of me. And he said, you know... Because I read the scripture says, resist the devil and he'll flee. And I started to pray for someone and he says, you know, my people have gotten very proficient in resisting me and allowing the enemy to come in. And so a lot of, you know, that's, that's, that's another message for another time, but just to give you an idea. All right. Hey, uh, any of the young people that went, children, did you receive healings last week? All right. Children, you are dismissed. We'll let them go. Hold on. Children? Where all the children go? Come on. Let's go, kids. <laughs> Amen. Depends on what part of town you live. They're either children or children. We had a... <laughs> there was this big sign... Big giant poster. It was professionally done, and um, it was for some kind of event for for the children. But remember, Pam, the one right there on the corner of Orange Show, big old banner, and said they're having children ministry. Yeah. And so it depends on where you, what part of town you live. All right, you, you are dismissed. Amen. Or somewhere it's para los niños. Clive, proud of you, man. You waited for your Bible. You got a prize. Who else has their Bible? You're, you're a young adult. Yeah, you got one in here. Hey, man, you get recognition. I just wanted to know I have a Bible. Hey, man, you're not youth. Oh, you're sitting in the back. Just shut it down. Just keep this on and come on up here. Oh, everybody up close. Hey, man. That's an analog system, so it's not going to go wrong with it. So praise the Lord. Okay, let's turn our Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. We're still talking about, watch, I'm excited about all this. Because, see, the Bible teaches faith. And a lot of people have misconceptions about faith. And um, 
So many of us want God to show up first. But you know it's wild. If you read the Corinthian letter, it says that people don't realize, don't know, and he's hidden behind a veil. And it says that to the Jews, they're hidden behind a veil. And everyone says, well, is he, why does he hide? Because the Bible wants it, the, the Word of God says he wants us to find him. But faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. You know that when we came to Jesus, he didn't, listen. If you're here, it's because he wanted you here. And I'm talking about in the body of Christ, not in this church. That's the secondary part. If you come to Jesus, it's because he called you. Now, that word calling, actually, in the Hebrew, it means summons. It's a summons. That same word translates in the Greek as a summons. When God calls you, when the creator of the universe, the king of all kings, and the Lord of all lords calls you, it's a summons. Just like when you get called to court, you get a summons. You don't get a request or an invite. You understand what I'm saying? It's a summons. You got to go. And the Bible says that the, that the callings of God are without repentance. Now, that word calling there is, is true because it's who you are and what you are. And we've been learning about our AGTs. Who can, say, who can tell us what AGTs mean? Abilities, giftings, and talents. God gives us all that on the inside. You know, even when people in the world, there's leadership that shows up, people follow you. That's how I was. And people attached themselves to me. And I said, hey, get out. I didn't want a whole bunch of people following what I'm doing. And what happens, it just does. And because it's part of the gifting and talent that God gives. And so many people want to fight what they are, what they are and who they are. Uh, there's a song that, the, 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 that we're going to be doing soon again, Multiplied, and it talks about um, falling in line with who we've been made to be. Our divine, what is it called, Pam? When they, when, what's the, the words on the song? When it talks about our, our, um, our, you know what we've been created to be, our design, the, our falling in line with what we've been designed to be. You know, and so many people fight that. And, and you know what the saddest thing is, is people who, who, who start life early and get involved in jobs that they hate, but, and they stay there so long that now they're stuck because their salary has reached a point that if they go to do what they really want to do, it takes a dip. And it's so sad because they're, they're in a, they say, well, we got in it for the money. But I have surrendered to your, to your design. I have surrendered to your design. And this is what we must do, is surrender to the design that he's made us to be. And how are you designed to be? Well, you enter into that by faith. It's kind of like, can I tell you something? I started studying. Everybody's like, oh, you're going to do this. And I had all the Viva La Raza people in the school telling me I'm going to be an attorney and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. And, and they were grooming me to be a politician. But I have to go through the law first and become a lawyer. And they set me up with all this and gave me a... Uh, scholarship to Cal State Fullerton and I was going a free ride and my mom was like yes even though she hated the stuff but she was like go do it and the more I got in there I minored in business and the more I got in there I I found out I liked the business part a whole lot more than I liked the other so I changed my major (laughs) I changed my major and they dropped the scholarship but I did not want to go towards that place but I knew you know what happened is I received Jesus and I found out I was no longer oppressed but I had never I've never sensed oppression, but they teach you how you're oppressed. 
They show you how the Midwest Mexicans had to change their name. My mom's telling me how she had to step off the sidewalk. But I've never had to step off a sidewalk. I was never looked at different, any different. But I grew up in Southern California. It wasn't until I moved to Colorado that I realized I was different. <laughs> Get out of the car, Paco. Get out of the car. I said, Paco? Oh, you speak English. And when I get back in, boom, it's off. Had some guy call me and tell me, come in, and I sold him what I was going to say. He looked and says, you're David? I said, yes. I don't deal with foreigners. Dropped the part and took off. Some guys, you try to give them change, and they don't want your hand to touch there. So they, you go like this, and they move their hand, and all the money falls on the ground. Pam experienced some of that, too, where she was working. And it's like, no wonder they go from Rivera to Rivers, Martinez and Martin. But where I was in California, I never experienced that. So they're telling us how our people are depressed, and you're going to do this. And I'm thinking, nah. Then I came to Jesus realized, I don't care if they, if they say I'm oppressed. I'm free. I am so free. So I changed, you know, I changed my major. Drop me. Then I went back to Cerritos. He studied college. Real Hondo. They finished anything we were going to do. But I say all this to say this. I had to come to peace with my abilities, giftings, and talents. And I realized that late in life that it was in communication and expression. I didn't know why people would cry at a sales meeting. Tell everybody, you know, I read a little bit of Zig Ziglar and some of these people and then just teach it. And they cry. I don't know why I'm crying. I didn't either. But I found out later the anointing was present because God called me to the ministry. My grandmother kept telling us, you're pastors, every one of you, you're pastors. Really, you're nuts, Grandma. We're, you know, we're not going to do this. But she kept prophesying. She told Pam and I that we're called to the ministry. We're standing in front of the Catholic Church. Pam was a straight-up Catholic. And she sat there and grabbed both our hands at, 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 at after we came out of the marriage ceremony. And we were history makers then. We had a, a Protestant pastor from Melody Land, along with the pastor there of that Catholic Church. And she came out and she goes, she had both our hands, and she was telling just she was patting our hands. And she said, you guys are called to the ministry. You guys are going to be t- a team together in ministry. And she, she looked up at the church, and she goes, todo va a fracasar. She goes, this part here is going to be a failure, but you guys are going to go on. The context was that we could not grow there. We had to move on. I was not a Catholic, and, but, you know, we got married there. And, uh, no, but you know what? Pam and I were affecting lives there, and they were affecting our lives as well. That's why I never agree with people. Say, Catholic Church is the, the whore of Babylon. No, they're not. And, and so what happens is, no, it's true. This, you know, they, this is what they call it. No, it is, especially when the Pope was wearing a hat back then with a fish on it, and the and Book of Revelation describes that that's what that is, and so they changed it. But anyway, um, we came up through all of this stuff, Went to Bible school, and we went to Baptist seminary. And we got, our, we got, our, we got our, our, our diplomas, certificates, and they called up Pam, Reverend Pam Rosales. And here goes Pam up there to go get the... <laughs> my parents and were looking at her and saying, Reverend, huh? Okay, but, you know, and we, we graduated over on Hoover, over in those huge cathedrals out there in L.A., and uh, we were just happy. And then we started learning a lot. And isn't it funny that we're taught freedom when we first come to Jesus? But then it's harder to stay saved once you're saved. 
and we kept finding out what is going on. You know, I, I, you got to stay right, walk right, rededicate. I mean, you know, that was a circle. I started preaching. I can get the whole church to come up because I, you know, this. I didn't know what to do with them after I got in. Oh, you haven't you've been messing up and you've been dropping. And who will tell you that? Because we started hanging out with the with the assemblies and 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 they preach it hard. You know, sin. You, how many know you've been having it right? How many? If you haven't talked to Jesus today, you're not right with God. You need to connect again. Come on up right now. The, the, the aisles are open. Come give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ again. And one day I was messing around in church, just kind of gave a quick preaching. And remember, Pam? Everybody stood up to come forward. I said, no, no, no. I was just giving an example of what I was doing. But I learned it well, and you were judged based upon the amount of people you can get up to, uh, the, to the altar. I remember one time they all came, the whole church, except for one guy. And we said he felt weird because he wasn't paying attention. So all of a sudden he saw everybody come up, but he didn't want to come up late. That was Louis. You guys met him, right? And uh, I didn't know what to do with the church. I, I didn't know what to do. And I said, God, they all responded. What did I do with them? I turned around because I was smiling. I was laughing. I said, I didn't mean to get them all up here. And I turned around and faced the, 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 the altar. And I was saying, God, what do I do with it? He said, tell them to, get, to go ahead and sit down. They, by them standing up, they show their face and sit them back down. And at that moment, I had to start learning, what am I doing? And through the uh, magic of television, I met a powerful man of God, Dr. Gene Scott. And I began to go to school again. And I would sit, David, on my lap. He was probably, he was very young. And I would sit in front of this black and white TV and just watch this guy teach. We'd have communion. And Pam was listening as I was listening sometimes, but she didn't like his style because he wasn't, a, you know, ladies did not like him. Well, I'm like, I'm not going to stop teaching right now. We're all king houses to call. So everybody get on the phone call. There's not enough of you. I'm going to stop teaching right now unless I get more of you in there. And it's like, but I was hungry. And he began to teach the word of God concerning our grace and our freedom in him. Then he'd also have some very interesting teachings on pyramids and stuff. So I mean, but, but for the most part, I, wanted, I, wanted, I was hungry for the word and what it was. I began to learn this, and he began to break down Galatians. On the other side, I was learning faith by the people who taught the subjects of faith and righteousness. So I was getting the best of both worlds. And I was bringing this back to the youth that I was teaching. And the youth went from a small group to over 270 kids. Our children's department went from a small group to, we had more people than we had congregation. We had 300 kids and stuff. But we had a solid 75 to 100 kids that were on fire. And you know what? Because no one taught us. I didn't learn the traditional way to teach children. We just knew we had to get them in the word. It had to be word-based. Everything was word-based. And then I learned children, you have to break it down into small increments because they don't have, they have the attention span of gnats. And, young people, and, and adults do too. That's why every once in a while I'll say something funny, everybody breaks out of there because we start to float. Well, I got to go here. I got to do this. And I could see it in your faces from here because I'm not one of these guys that likes to look in the air and not see people's faces. I'll look everybody in the eye because I was taught in business that you look people in the eye. But in preacher school, they say, if you're scared of the people, just look above their heads. I don't. I like to look at everybody that I'm teaching. And when I see you, I don't really see you. I want you to understand that I don't really see you. I'm picking up what you're about, what you're receiving. Why? Because I saw that Jesus said one day, a bunch of times, and perceiving their thoughts, 
he said. Or perceiving their thoughts, he did. I thought, oh, you can really do that? And I remember I would pick up things like that in our youth class. And, I would say, and David would sit in our youth class sometimes. I said, you know what? What are you guys doing? What are you thinking? And so through all this, I began to understand this scripture here, Galatians 3.1. I mean, if you really want to quote Paul, he called them stupid and moronic Galatians. Who has cunningly deceived you? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was openly set forth as crucified. I just want you to learn. I want to learn this from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or just by hearing of faith? See, it's funny that David turned there. I, he didn't know I was going to be here. Are you so stupid that having begun in the spirit? See, Paul was blunt. Are you so stupid that having begun in the spirit, are you now complete in the flesh? He goes, did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it is in vain? He therefore who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Now, notice he didn't, he didn't turn down, he didn't kind of dumb down miracles. Because other people say, oh, miracles died with the apostles. I want you to find a place in the Bible where it says that the miracles died with the apostles. They did not. But he's talking like miracles are a normal occasion. Do they just show up or do they? No, what? He, therefore, who supplies the Spirit. Okay. Even as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, know, therefore, that those are of faith are the same as the children of Abraham. The Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the good news beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you, all the nations, of, 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 all the nations will be blessed. So then... Those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now, we began to understand that he said would be seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham. Now, I want, to, I want you to understand something. Let's go to the book of Genesis. And let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's go to the beginning. How many know that when you study the scriptures, one of the things that you need to understand, number one, here's what you need to understand. Those who study the Bible need to understand and interpret the Bible by the fact that God is love. And number two, what's this? Number two is that God means what he says. He's faithful. But you have to interpret it through those. You have to, the lens that you wear, you can't wear the lens and watch. Some of us read the Bible, but don't read it. The Bible says, oh, people fell and God judged them. No, he didn't. You didn't read that. He spoke with the judgments. Everybody say, judgment is a decision rendered. Isn't that true? The judge turns around and says, 30 days. Can't change that, huh? What do they do? Interpret the law. They tell you, Here's what, no, judges should never interpret the law. They should read the law and say, this is what your results are based upon the law. So then he decides, boom, decision rendered. Why? What did he make? Did he just make up in his head? 66 years. No, there's, 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 there's uh, guidelines and times that you have to serve based upon the infraction. Yes. Should be on. No sound? Okay, how about now? We have a live program, so just... Okay. And so, he says... Let me, let, watch this, watch this. 
uh, Savior, come up here. You got to see this. A lot of Christians want to judge other Christians. The Bible says he's a devil. That he has received judgment from the beginning. He is the fallen one. Now, Jesus never turned around and said, 60 years, 40 years. How many here received eternal life? It wasn't, it wasn't lease for 10 years. It wasn't five-year life. It wasn't rental. You received eternal life. The life of God. See, I taught kids forever. Listen. The life of God in you forever. That's simple, huh? Stop breaking it down to kids. Because you tell kids, oh, you get eternal life. They're looking at you like, now watch. If he has, if he's already, the Bible says he's already been judged. Read the book of John 80 times. And then tell me, and then we'll talk. Watch the book of John will tell you that he stands judged. So if I'm walking with God and I'm bebopping with God, I'm having fun, I'm saying this, but then I start going like, yeah, you know, because we all have, how many of them have a binge where you just don't talk to God for a week? In Hebrews it says, be careful lest you begin to drift. So I'm over there, all, all the way over here, loving God, and all of a sudden I start to drift. And I start to drift. So my friends call. Some of the old people call. I don't have any old people before anyway. I gave my life on to Jesus when I was 18. I don't know anybody from the old life. Now watch. And all of a sudden, I'm hanging out with him. Now how many know, I'm going to say this for sake of argument, the devil's full of junk. Okay? He's full of it. How many know the flies hang out with that kind of stuff? Now, here I come floating over here. Now, he's judged. And all of a sudden, my life starts going to chaos. And you start going, God, where are you? I'm here where I've always been. I'm here with you. But why do I feel like I'm bearing judgment? Because I'm hanging out with the one that judgment's raining on. I'm hanging out with the one that's already judged. And he's bearing the fruit of that judgment. But he's gonna, it's going to get worse for the devil. Now, as soon as I start to break away, what is that called? Repentance. I change my mind. I change my thinking. And I no longer think like him. I'm not going to be bearing and following his fruit in that judgment. Go ahead and go. But you say, why are you saying this, Pastor? Because I'm going to show you what Abraham did and why it was credited to him as righteousness. You know what? The Bible says to love not the things of the world. It doesn't mean you don't love the world, man. I want, can I tell you something? How many of you know that there's a lot of people out there with great AGTs? How many of you know there's a lot of talented people out there that don't know Christ? It don't mean you join in with their stupid stuff. I'm just saying that you begin to pray for them and love them. You mean I get to buy all their CDs? No, not if they're going to put a bunch of stuff in you that's no good. There's talented people that are talented in the world, and all they do is sing the world stuff. Why? That's all they know. A sinner will do what sinners do. What's this? In verse 28 of the first chapter of Genesis, he created, well, verse 27 says, He created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, him, male and female, created them both. Now, God created them in his image and his likeness. Notice his image and likeness. Not only were they like him in stature, See, that's where the light comes in where it says, God is just a man like you and I. Nope. And like him. You know that we have the ability to become like God? I, I didn't say God. We have the ability to become like him. The, why would Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, be imitators of God as dearly loved children if we couldn't? The Bible will never give you things to, that you can't attain to. Now watch this. And then God blessed them. Peter say, oh, God bless you. Oh, you know? 
He didn't say that. He blessed them. Now, I started doing a teaching on the blessing. Uh, a lesson. I started studying. Because he blessed them first, and then he said, be fruitful and multiply. You know what that means? Oh, have a bunch of babies. No. Multiply means have a bunch of babies. But fruitful means to bear fruit and to be successful in everything you do. Everything you do, that's why Jesus said, talked a lot about bearing fruit. Why? Number one, everyone say, I'm a seed. See, in, in Matthew it says that we're the seed. We're planted in good soil. We'll produce good fruit. Now, how many know that if you're planted in some junk, you'll produce junk? The truth. That's why the Bible says, you know what? We've got to graft ourselves into the good tree. You know what grafting means? To pull yourself out of where you were. And what does he do? He engrafts you into the good tree. He puts you in Christ. You know what a lot of us do? What it talks about in John chapter 15. You know that grapes have to lay on a trestle. But some of these things, they just fall on the ground and start taking root, trying to bear fruit, and they don't. The Bible says that these are taken up by men and burnt. What's the image there? The husbandman, the farmer who is God, will attach you back to the vine that is Jesus. He lifts you up. There's a word that's iro in the Greek, and it means that he pulls you back up, uproots you from the ground, and puts you back on the trestle so that all you get is nourishment from the true vine, which is Jesus Christ. But some of us try to go back to where we came out of and draw nourishment there. See, God is exclusive, yet he's inclusive. In other words, <laughs> you know what that means? Watch. How many know that not everybody can shop at Costco or Sam's Club? What do you need? A membership card. They're exclusive, but they're also inclusive because they want everybody to come join their club. God don't want anybody, the Bible says it's his will that none perish. He wants everybody to come in. But he's not that type of God that, watch, here's what a lot of people think. If I lay down my life, that means I've got to give up everything. You know what? If all I want to do is smoke out, get high, and do everything you want to do that, you, that even the average person out there knows is wrong, yeah, you know what? You're right. If that's the lifestyle you want, stay out. That's you. For the most part, your dreams, your visions, you know that there's, I like that commercial that shows, they show a bunch of little kids. And he says, when I was young, when I was little, I wanted to grow up and be beaten. Have you ever seen that commercial? When I was little, I wanted to grow up and be a loser. When I was, you know, and no kid grows up and wants to be a loser. They all have dreams and aspirations for more. You don't see little kids and say, uh, you know, I want to stay home and collect welfare. No, they don't say that. They might say stupid things like, I want to be a fire truck. Can't be a fire truck, mijo. Why? No, I want to be a fire truck. You know what? But they all want to be something bigger than themselves. You follow what I'm saying? We all want the best. Life will knock you out, then you don't want to attain anything. But what happens is that God is making it possible for when you come to him to dream again. And what it is is you lay your life down, you come through the veil, and he gives everything back to you redeemed. Your motives become pure. He saves you, spirit, soul, and body. Everyone says, I hate this body. I can't wait to get out. No, no, no. He redeemed the body too. Because when he lives in you, the heart can't be trusted. No, that was talking to Judah. Your, your heart and your instincts can be trusted as you grow. See? So he's not saying, well, that evil heart is you. Who can trust it? God can trust our hearts now because he lives in us. 
Did you, you know, a lot of times we say, how do you know that Jesus, in you? I gave him my heart. Well, let's use that vernacular. You gave him your heart, which is the core of your life. You gave it to him. Then he's in you. Now he communicates with you in your, in your, in your spirit, man, which is the candle of the, the, the body. It's the candle of the Lord is who you are. And God begins to join your spirit and his spirit. Now your spirit, man, is complete. Your soul needs to be trained. You know what that's called? Sanctification. We need to start learning to be like him. We are three-part beings. We have a, we, 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 we are, we have a body. We, we are a spirit. We possess a soul and a body. Our soul is the emotions and, and, and your will and, and, and all of these things, your intellect and all of these things. Your brain is the processor. The part that moves you is in the core. And science is starting to agree with that. Isn't that something? But watch. And then God said, bless them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You know what he said? He gave man dominion over the earth. And he said, take what we did here in Eden and take it all around the world. He gave man that kind of dominion. Then he fell. But the blessing, I want you to see. Let's go to Genesis 12. We're going to define the blessing. Verse 1. Because we're going to go back to Abraham. Because Abraham is the father of our faith. If we want to know what faith is like, then we're going to start there. But because he called the Galatians morons. Imagine, he's like that guy on the, what's that, what's that show that he calls his kids morons? Uh, the Goldbergs. He loves them, Murray. You morons. But that's his way. They, a long time ago in the series, that's his way of saying I love you. But anyway, you know why you do this? Because you're morons. Well, Paul talked to the Galatians and said, you guys are morons. You know, we, we, he called them blockheads. There was nothing between the ears except cement. Imagine that. It wasn't Charlie Brown was the first one called a blockhead. Paul said that to the Galatians. And, and imagine being told the Galatians were people who were, they were Greek-like. They were, their education was the best at the time. And he called them blockheads. They knew what that meant. There was rock between the ears. And so... He said, now Yahweh said to Abram, go from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land I will show you. And I'll make a great nation out of you. Now I started dividing those words. I started looking at that word. It says, go from this land. You know what that word land means? It means leave this world. And I'm looking at it. Leave the world? Abraham didn't leave the world. But then I started looking at the system that you're tied to. And that's something that he told them. You know why he told them to get out of Ur of the Chaldeans? Because they were, these guys were into not astronomy, astrology. Their lives were being guided by the stars. And so Abram looked beyond the stars and called upon the one who created all. Guess who answered? That's right. The one who created all. And there's something, I've got to tell you something. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1. That all things were made by him and for him, and nothing that is made was not made by him. Who was the creator? Jesus. I thought God said, let there be light. Anybody ever heard hear the Trinity? Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are all one. The Bible said the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the, of the deep. When he spoke, all went into action and brought it all into what we see into our earth, not as what we see, but it's our world. But Abram was called out of the system, and he says, you go to a place I call there. The best way to define it is a place called there. He left. 
So he didn't just leave where he lived. He left the system that he was tied to. I'm going to make, watch what he said, a nation from you. And I started looking at the word nation. And it means the same thing. I'm going to create a new culture from you. I started looking at that. I said, amazing. But the King James, doesn't, because they write it in prose, land and nation, since they were the same word, you couldn't use the same word in a sentence. So they put nation in this. So you're thinking, oh, a new nation. They knew what they were writing, but we're looking at this now thinking, what do you mean? So we go to the Hebrew. And so now he says, I'm going to create a new culture from you. And your name will be great. You know what he's saying? That it'll be great in the fact that he become the father of faith for many nations, for many lands. From now that other nations there is from many ethnicities. Guess what? We read in Galatians, but a lot of, again, again, we didn't, don't read it. Did you know that way back here in Abraham, how many of you know Abraham was pre-law? It doesn't mean classes you take before becoming a lawyer. He was pre-Ten Commandments. You know what that meant? Already, some people say, well, God only called the Gentiles because the Jews rejected them. No! You and I are mentioned right here. Way back in Abraham's time, the Gentiles, the, the people that were not a people, so that these people will come and those families will be blessed through you. So guess what? This brown guy from Southern California was called all the way back down there in Genesis chapter 12. Because of Abraham, the blessing that came upon Abraham is now mine too. Now that blessing... I want you to know what this is. That word blessing means, oh, I hate to be tied to this thing. I'm going to buy one of these other things. Watch. That blessing means God injected himself into that word blessing so that when mankind was blessed, they were injected with the essence of God to be able to take what was in Eden and take it all over the world. The blessing, that's why people call it the empowerment. See, God... You know why we're righteous? Because he lives in us. You know why Abraham was counted to be righteous? Because he was blessed. When God released the blessing, oh, you got to catch this. When God created man, they say he blew into him. I want you to get this. A lot of people say because it's pneuma. My wife says. You know why? As much as possible, I like to have one of these around, especially after speaking. Because when I speak to you, pneuma comes from my mouth. And sometimes if I've been speaking a long time, what comes out of my mouth, the breath, isn't very pleasant. Because I'm dry. You know what I mean. You have to you know, just take care of business before you go greet the people. That's just a natural aspect of who we are as human beings. Well, when he lifted up that clay man, he was face to face with him. He picked him up. And he spoke life into him. The pneuma was the breath of God as he spoke life because God's whole M.O., his modus operandi, is what? He spoke and it was created. He spoke and light came. He spoke and there were sun and the moon. He spoke and there were vegetables and leaves. He spoke and there were animals. And then he taught Adam. He said, give them all names. 
Why? Because he blessed him. He had an intellect to give every animal a name according to its kind. I used to play with the kids. I said, have you seen those things that buzz around and hit the screen? Because what are they called? Flies. What do they do? Fly. I said, see that? Adam, start flying. Let's call them flies. You know, we, we, we used to play with the kids like that just to give them an idea. And I said, well, some of you guys roar like cats. And some kids are going, meow, meow. See, so you guys know what they are. So you, you and some of the roar, you're a kitty cat, you're a tiger, and you're a lion. See, what happens is we started naming them as soon as they acted. I said, that's what he did. God gave them the intellect to be able to name the animals according to their kind. Now, when he speaks into us, then we, he received the injection, if you will, of the blessing of God to be able to do what God called them to do. Did you know that who, you've heard the expression who God calls the equips? You're fully equipped. But he'll always tell you to go beyond what you can do in the natural because he wants you to do it by faith. You know what? There's a lot of successful men out there. Successful businessmen, successful family men, successful in running businesses. And can I tell you something? For the most part, through knowledge, there was a time that I could, I could know what I could, because they used to use me, and I used to hate it because I wanted my own store. And they'd fix problems. They would dump me. They would just drop ship me into a store. And I didn't know who it was. I was going to be the bad guy because the word was fire them all, find out who's good. And find, what I used to do is I used to find out, most of the time it's because they were doing the wrong job. I would find out what their gifts and talents and their abilities were, and I'd put them into different places. I thought I told you to get rid of them. I said, look at my numbers. And climbing up because we put the people in the right place. Had them do the right job, what they were called to do, find out their gift, and then pull it out of them. Because I, back in the day I had a pastor who said, he used to tell us, my job is to pull the gift out of you. So it stayed in me. We had to find their gifts and pull it out of them. Well, guess what? I wanted my own place and my own place because I got to a place where it was no longer faith. I can look in there and know what to do. It's kind of like we work so many meetings with the Copelands and different things, these huge meetings. Pam and I and, and George used to walk into a place saying they need this, they need that, they need this. We already knew what we needed to do. We're getting Benny Hinn meetings. You already knew how many ushers you need. This is something that's part of you, but it's no longer faith. So many of us have success in this life, but it's not based on faith. Because faith takes you beyond what you can do. And your faith is based upon the summons that God put on your life. This is the next season we're entering into because what you tried last season is not going to work for you in this season because our faith is attached to our summons. What are you called to? What are your giftings? What are your abilities? You know, if God called you to preach, he's going to expect you to attach your gifting to your... Can I tell you something? This is why I want, and I, you know, I haven't told anybody in this, but I want to start having some big meetings. I want to start putting it out there. Because you know what? In this place, right now, in this room, as it stands, we got the goods. We got people that are, can preach to hundreds and thousands in this room. We do. We have the ability, we've proven it already, we have a ministry that can handle guest speakers and take care of all of their needs. With this, this, what feels like us war no more. What I told you last week, they, they used to tell us, wow, man, I'd like to see the rest of your church. And this is our church, and it's all of us. But see, you're called, but it's attached to the summons. Abraham was called, and he became the father of many nations. You're called, what are you to become? What's, what is it going to be said at the end of your call, at the end of you fulfilling the call on your life? Because the Bible says that Abraham learned through the steps of faith why? Because he staggered not at the promise of God. What was the promise? 
You're gonna have you're gonna be a, you're gonna be a daddy. Wait, I haven't been able to get with my wife for several years, and she's dry, man. She she got nothing. What do you want to do? It's the truth. And then Melchizedek, he was he was already rich. Melchizedek, they were ready to dump some money into. He said, No, I don't want it to be said that man made me rich. He goes, What do you want? He goes, Child. I'm ready for that pinnacle of my success to have a child. He goes, be it done. 25 years after, man, he was 100 years old. 25 years later, he receives a promise, and he has Isaac. Then he continued to have kids. Keturah, huh, that's her name? The other girl he was with? Keturah. She was younger than him. And, and guess what? Then he had to sacrifice the kid. But because he knew the promise, and he was a covenant man, he knew that God would not let the child of the promise die because it was through that lineage that the rest of the world would be blessed. His faith was there so that when he lifted the blade, he told the servants, we'll be back. That's why he had no fear. That's why he could be obedient to what he was being told to do. When God called us back to California from Colorado, it was scary. Because I'm thinking, what the heck? But all I knew was that they, the company I was with wanted me there. They gave me three raises to come out. I came out to California, and God said, I want you to start over here, ministry here. And we're thinking, I don't even know where to start. All the ministries that we knew had fallen, except for like two. They all had issues. They fell. And so we met another person. We got hooked up there. We did this. We did floated a little bit. And we finally got obedient to what God wanted. And God told me to leave the company. He told me, like, Abraham, really? I called you. We were at Disneyland Resort, and he said, this is the last time you're going to be on one of these. You're being called to full-time ministry. And I told Pam, because he was right there. He said, well, you have to do what God tells you to do. And before the end of the year, I was completely out of a company. It was, as people would say, paying me the good money. I was out of the stores and corporate. My life still didn't belong to me because they could have meetings at 12 o'clock at night. Say, so, oh, I'll be at the Spike BP's house at midnight. Really? Okay. But anyway, ministries like that too because everybody calls you. But anything, whatever. Uh, we're, we're sitting here and we obeyed God. Why? Because we had to do like Abraham. He was our forerunner. And he told me to step out. Guess what? We've done more with less. Now, have there been tight times? Yes, there have been tight times. There have been times of things that you're like, what? But we have to keep speaking his word. We got into this building by faith. And God's been supplying all the needs. See, I'm telling you that it's tied to your call. Because I want to know something that right before I, we made the move, because I was stalling. We were making, I, was, I had two salaries going because I left one company who kept paying me for 30 days because they wanted me to make sure that I, I wanted to leave. They wouldn't actually cut me loose. And then I started working for the competitor. So I was getting two salaries, and it's like, you know what? Where's the money? You know what? We were like those priests that were ta- they were talking about, that no matter how much came in, it was like we had holes in our pockets. And the tighter you held it, it felt like sand going through your fingers. We stepped out to a seemingly nothing, and God supplied everything in abundance. We still were able to take vacations. You taking vacations on the people's sides? No. Money was coming. <laughs> can I tell you something? If I, if I look around right here, can I take a vacation based on who's here? I mean, I'm not putting anyone down, but I'm just saying. 
God supplies the needs. Like Abraham, we stepped out. Like Abraham, we need to step out because he's a father of faith. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Your summons, what you're called to. This is what I want to get to. There's, there's more to this blessing thing. I'm going to teach you next week, some of it on Tuesday. But watch this. God is faithful to his word. Our, you know what faith is? It's stepping out into what seems like nothing. How many have ever seen Indiana Jones or Star Wars where it doesn't look like there's a plank to walk on and they just step out and they say, that's what faith is like. You step out into what you think can't hold you, but you are obeying God. Not what you think in your mind, obeying God. When God told us to come back to California, we didn't. Can I tell you something? We thought we were going back home. No, we were out there in the Inland Empire. When I was growing up, we used to call the Inland Empire the armpit of California. <laughs> and God put us right there in smack dab in the middle of that armpit. But it, was, it wasn't like I thought. We might as well have been out of state. We didn't know where anything was. It was a new country. But he put us there. Even Judah thought it was funny. But I'm glad he didn't put us back in, in, our, in our, because when we went home, it was home. It was funny. It was funny. Tam and I like nature. We go to sleep at night. We hear the nightingales. We hear the frogs. We hear the ducks. We hear all kinds of wildlife out and about because we live near a bunch of orange groves. And, and recently, people hated the rooster, but there was a rooster about two houses down. <laughs> Well, this was a, this was this was a this was a this was a stupid. This must have been an East Coast rooster because he was he would start howling. He would start doing at two a.m. with his five o'clock time in New York. I got it. It's two o'clock in the morning. What is he? There ain't no sun out. So I told I said, "Holy, I said this guy's East Coast." But see, if he had not called us there, we would not have come through the through through the steps of faith that God has called us to. And God has us in this place because who knows? We were in a hotel for many years. Now, for once, the kids have their groom. They have a nursery. Teens have a room over here. There's a fellowship hall. All, this, all of the amenities that we've been asking for are here. Why? God's getting us trained for our own place. There'll be hours in the morning, be hours in the evening, be hours Monday through Saturday. Now, faith is trusting God in what he tells you to do. Pardon me? Monday through Saturday, because I said already Sunday's taken. Now, when he calls us, can I tell you something? He wants all your life. It's none of this, well, God, this is mine, this is yours. He wants all your life. That's what trust is, all of your life. Everything that's a part of your life, he wants it all. You have to look at everything you own, Everything that you have in control of your own life and look at it, if God were to tell me to give it all away, could I? You've got to ask yourself the hard question. Can you get rid of everything, give it away? It's like that rich man that came to Jesus said, you've done well. Only thing is sell what you have and give it to the poor and then come back and follow me. Now, Jesus isn't cold-blooded. He knew that the man he's calling would have gotten rich all over again because he had it in him to be able to do it. But do things have you? Can you turn around if you look at everything and don't, and don't give the cop out. He wouldn't. Don't ever say never to God. I've said never to him a couple times. And guess what he does? He shows up and says, do it. You know, he does. Hump him. I'll never leave worship and praise. I wanted to help a pastor out. And guess what he had me doing? 
worship and praise. And I checked my spirit, and yeah, he wanted me to do it. Because I used to say, I don't sing. He goes, David, you have a good voice. So I don't say never to things like that anymore. Now listen, carefully. Can you say without a doubt today that everything you have belongs to God? And it means if it belongs to him, can you with all assurance say, God, I give it all to you? I give it all. I give it away. God, if you were to ask me today, you know that the minute he asks you for it, it's no longer yours? Why? Because the God who supplied now can supply again. This is why when we, Pam and I stepped out, and I have to say Pam because both of us have to exercise our faith, we stepped out in faith. It's like starting a business from scratch. You know why? Because I'm not like Joel who inherited his dad's, his dad's church. Cost it to grow. I wish I had a daddy who had a church that I just took over. But guess what? You're the foundation that's laying. Watch this. David mentioned something about a legacy. Can, can I guess? You know what? Everything that God wants to accomplish is going to accomplish to David, through Manny, through Clive. He's going to accomplish these things through the kids that we see here are going to, are going to you know, we'll still be winning souls. We'll still be sitting in our rented houses or, you know, like Paul. He sat in a rented house and he advised all the other junior apostles on what to do, like Oral Roberts did. He, he, he joined together two, two separate branches and brought them together as one. See, Pam and I don't plan to retire from the ministry. We're here for you. See, we have to come to that place where we sell out to Jesus. It's all or nothing. Pastor Corbury always says that when he, when he brings the altar call. Rissa and I used to love to hear this altar call. And he says, it's all or nothing. If you're up here and you're only getting part of your life, go back. It's all of your life, all of your heart. You give it. And Pam and I, when we gave our life to Jesus, we knew. We knew at that moment that our life would change forever. She knew that she'd be catching heat at home. My mom, we'd go on dates and we'd go to church first. We'd go to miracle service first, then we'd go somewhere. Mom's going, you guys are crazy. You're like your Aunt Cheekies. You take vacations for church because we'd go to all week long to the West Coast conventions. I'm going to tell you something. My life, our life has never been, you know, the hardest times we've had as Christians have been better than the, the best times as non-Christians. You say, yeah, but you, you, you guys gave your life when you were 18. You didn't know what we did. We were living like adults in our families. We took care of things that children should not take care of. And so when we gave our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we were say, you got married so young. Yeah, we did, and we grew together in the Lord. We grew together in the things of God and in the things of this world. Did you make mistakes? All kinds of mistakes, but God saw us through everything. But we never left Jesus. Why? I knew too much. I knew too much. I've seen too many healings take place. I've seen God do too many things. And the healing power of God's here right now. If you need healing in your body, just raise your hand and take it. Say, Jesus, I take healing. I take it right now in Jesus' name. Restore my life. Renew it. Rejuvenate it. Make it new in Jesus' name. The Word of God said, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. They're becoming new in your bodies right now. Just receive your healing right now in Jesus' name. These healing bodies, take it. It's yours. Take it, it's yours. See, the anointing is coming on someone right now. You're 
you're feeling the presence of God all over you. Just let that presence abide for a moment and just let it drive out all that which doesn't belong and let him put back all the newness of life through your body in Jesus' name. Father, we honor you and we thank you. All glory and honor be yours, Jesus. All the glory and all the honor be yours, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tell Larissa that, you know what? They're going to look at her. They're not going to need surgery. God is healing her body. He's restoring it in Jesus' name. Amen. Someone is really upset because they have to wear glasses. You check your eyes. You're going to see a difference already. Let God continue the work. Let God continue the work in you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God is calling some to up the ante. And I've got to say it that way. That's the way it came to me. The Holy Ghost dropped it in me to up the ante because God wants to do more in your life. So he wants you to up the ante in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, that's all the time I've got for this tonight. How many got something out of this? I know as I was speaking, I was getting some more out of this. God is doing some things. He wants to do amazing things to you. And uh, it's not over. It's not over. God wants to, You know what? Um, God is calling all of you to be soul winners. Say, well, that's just not what I do. Yes, it is. It's what everybody does. It's what Christians do. They're soul winners. I don't know how to do it. You say, hey, you know what? I've got something in me. God's inside of me. And, and you know what? You can have it too. And, and you know what? Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Do you believe that in here? Yes. Well, then pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you died on the cross. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again on the third day. And I receive your life in me, a new life in me. In Jesus' name, amen. And, and, that, and that's what it takes. It's newness of life. Newness of life. Amen. Glory to God. Now, as we get ready to dismiss... Um, the Lord spoke to me earlier. That he, just, he dropped it in my heart, yes, to do it this way. Um, give me a, I need a minimum of three testimonies concerning giving and receiving. You know what God does in, in, in releasing the tithe and what you get back. I just need a, you know, or in your giving. Well, how many have seen? I just want three testimonies of what God has done. Anybody? Yes, ma'am. Amen. 
Yes, he does. And get ready because you're going to start changing the cycle in your life. So be ready to receive more because it's impossible for you to tithe and give and not be able to receive again. So watch the return come in Jesus' name. I that, amen. Amen. Who else? David.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.